return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah. Well, tonight, hallelujah, we have Isaac Tafur coming. So let's welcome him as he comes up. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Isaac. Hallelujah. Shall we bow down head for a word of prayer? So we give you glory tonight, our Most High God, for being with us through it all from the beginning of the year till this time. Your mercies and your grace have never abandoned us. And tonight, by your grace, we are seated in your presence. We ask that Holy Spirit prevail even in this place. Let our lives not be the same again. Bless us, O God, and let us give glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, um, I'm grateful to God for this wonderful platform I have to minister the Word of God. And like a cliche, I always want to thank Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie and Pastor Randin because thankfulness is good. And yeah, we thank God for this platform they've given to us. So tonight, we'll be talking about God of the Fourth Watch. God of the Fourth Watch. We'll be taking our scripture reading from Mark 6, chapter, Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 51. Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 51. We serve a God of the fourth watch. So immediately he made his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. He was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, meaning they were struggling to row the boat. For the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and, and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased. And other versions will say, and rebuked, and he rebuked the wind. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Amen. So we are, we are still in a, a season of Thanksgiving. And even though, you know, the day's celebration of Thanksgiving is gone, is past, as believers or as children of God, we are mandated to not make Thanksgiving just a day's celebration, but it's always a daily celebration. Because for we, we believe that giving thanks to the Lord is actually the will of God for our lives. So when you read the book of 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the Bible says that in everything, give thanks to the Lord, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
So one of the things most believers always struggle with or always try to pray about is, is, is the will of God. You know, each and every individual wants to live their lives aligned to the will of God. Nobody wants to make any errors in life, but everybody wants to make sure as a child of God that everything you are doing is actually agreed to by God and it's in the will of God. You know, so people really struggle sometimes getting to know the will of God. But it is explicitly stated in the word of God that giving thanks is actually the will of God. So, so even if you don't know the will of God for your life, just give thanks to God. Because it is the will of God for our lives. One thing about giving thanks to God does not only, it doesn't only tell you about living or, or living in the will of God, but it also reveals the will of God to you. So anytime you, you, you give thanks to God and you praise God, one thing you are doing is that you are, you are living in the will of God and it also you know, gives a revelation and an insight into God's will for your life. So when you read the word of God in the book of Luke chapter 24, the Bible talks about when Jesus Christ resurrected and Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and met an angel and the angel told her that Jesus is risen and he had to run back to the disciples to tell them what had happened. And it became a rumor throughout the town. Some did not even believe it. And Bible says that there were a group of disciples who were walking, you know, by the way of Amos. And Bible says that Jesus appeared to them and then had a conversation with them. They didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus was trying to tell them, they were, he was asking what is going on. And they were saying, are you the only stranger in town? Haven't you heard about Jesus Christ who was delivered by the high priest to be killed and crucified? And now some women are saying he's raising, it's like rumors and all that. And Jesus was telling them that, don't you know it was written in scripture? And Jesus wanted to give them a revelation about the word of God. But Bible said that at, up to that point in time, they still didn't really know. It wasn't still revealed unto them. But Bible said that when it was night time, when they got home, and when they started to break bread, and Jesus gave thanks. Bible said as soon as he gave thanks, their eyes were opened and they knew that it was him. You know, giving thanks to God does not only tell you of living in the will of God, but it also helps you to know, and it reveals, you know, the intent of God for your life. And it is something I've, I've actually seen in my life, that anytime I'm hard-pressed with a decision, anytime I have a decision to make, whether concerning my family, academics, or anything, sometimes I just, you know, um, excuse myself. I normally use the restroom a lot. That is why I normally, you know, have my quiet and... and and even when I'm even about to give a sermon and I don't even know the word, you know, to give and I'm, I'm, I'm stuck and I, I, I can't even hear from God, I just, you know, excuse myself, I go to the restroom and, and I just begin to give thanks to God. I just begin to worship God, I just begin to praise the name of the Lord. And then, lo and behold, God begins to drop some words in my heart. And that is the power of thanksgiving. So for we believers, it's not just a day, but it's actually a daily routine to give thanks to God. The second thing is that we, we give thanks to God because of his mercies and grace. When you read the book of Psalms, chapter 100, verse 5, Bible says that the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. So, you know, even when you look at your life now, you realize that God's mercies and grace has indeed abounded unto us. Look at how difficult and how challenging this year has been. But by the grace and the mercies of God, you and I are alive. So around this point, you know, in time, when we are in the last month of the year, it is really expedient as children of God to cast our minds back to the things that have transpired in our lives and, and, and think of the, the mercies and the goodness of God and give him thanks for that. 
you know, and, 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 and that is one thing we ought to do. But, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is that it is not everybody who feels a liberty to give thanks to God. There are so many people, not just mere people, but even Christians, who still struggle to give thanks to God. At this point in time, when we are, you know, coming to celebrate Christmas and appreciate God for His gift, Jesus Christ, and also thank God for our lives, there are so many other believers who are still not convinced to give glory, thanks, and praises to God. And I think Pastor Dave, in the course of the weeks, made us understand that one of the ways, one of the reasons is, is because it is a sign of the, the last days. So when you read Second Timothy 3, 3, 1 to 2, Bible says that in the last days there shall be perilous times and men shall be boastful, men shall be so many things, and one thing is that men shall be unthankful. So it is a sign of the end time. But one key thing which we'll be dwelling on today is the feeling of disappointment from God. So, so many people, so many believers, so many children of God at this point in time, I think today is the, is the 6th of December. Yes, the, the, we've, 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 so many months have elapsed, but up till this point in time, they still don't see any concrete thing God has done for them. They still can't, you know, turn back and look back at their lives and, and count their blessings and, and, and give God thanks for something that He has done in their lives. And it is because they believe that some prayers have not been answered. They believe that some requests they, they presented before God has still not been met. They believe that they, they, they sacrificed their life, their time and everything for God came to the house of the Lord from Monday, from Wednesday services, Sunday morning services, um, Sunday evening services. Up till this point in time, they have still not seen the hand of the Lord upon their life. And they are not obligated to give glory and thanks to God. But you see, this scripture we read, the, the Mark chapter 6, verse 45, you know, it, it tells a very wonderful picture. The Lord was trying to give me some insight into this word of God, and it just applies to any believer who finds himself in this situation. Any believer who, who is not at peace to give glory and thanks to God. So the scripture in Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 51, talks about Jesus Christ and his disciples. You know, so preceding this, this, this verse, Bible says that Jesus performed a wonderful miracle. You know, he, he converted um, two fishes and five loaves of bread, and he was able to feed 5,000 people. And, and it was just men. The women were not counted. Children were not counted. So I believe that, that the miracle was so much great beyond what we see. And I believe that tonight God is doing great miracles in our lives. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when night was drawing, Jesus told the disciples that, they should, get off, they should get into their boat and set off to Bethsaida, for he is going to meet them at the other side of the sea. And, and one thing I see here is, I see a group of believers, I see a group of disciples who did not just set off on a voyage by themselves. I, I, see, I see disciples who actually listen to the voice of God. So they, they set off in their boat, not because they wanted to set off in the boat, but it was Jesus who commanded, them that, who commanded them to set off in the boat. And that is where a lot of believers, you know, get disappointed in God. That, you know, when they began the year, they entrusted their lives to God. When they began the year, they actually waited on God to, to hear the voice of God concerning matters in their life. And, and, and they were holding onto the word of God that because they have stayed faithful, they have stayed true to God, they should be expecting a miracle by this time. 
And because of that, they are very disappointed. So the disciples did not set up on their own, but they waited on God. They did not set up on their own, but they obeyed the voice of Jesus Christ. Go, set off, be, be on this voyage, get to the other side of the sea. And, and like I said, many, many began the year trusting God. Many began the year, you know, obeying the voice of God. And I believe that some even live their life consistent with the word of God in Psalm 37 verse 5, which says that commit your ways unto the Lord, trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So before they started the year, they actually committed their year, you know, they committed their health, they committed their families, they committed their jobs, their businesses, and everything that pertains to them before God. And I believe that God spoke to them and said that it is going to be well with you. Move on. And, 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 and up to this time, they see a defect in their health. And up to this time, they see that their, their child is still sick. Up to this point in time, they see their businesses have collapsed. So they have, they have no peace in their heart to give glory and thanks to God. So you see, you, you know, you can be living in the will of God, but it doesn't mean that problems will not come. So the disciples actually heard the word of God. They moved according to the will of God. They, they wanted to get to that side of the sea, which is Bethsaida, not on their own, but Jesus spoke to them. But still they encountered challenges and difficulties. And I ask, so I'm just posing this question, will that prevent you from giving glory and thanks to God? Will that, will that still prevent you from seeing the goodness of God upon your life? So that is what, what actually happened. And I'm sure that some believers actually even added a fast to their prayers. I know there are so many churches, so many believers who begin their year not only with prayers, but they also add fasting, you know, because the word of God makes us to understand in Mark chapter 9 verse 29 that this kind can come out by, by nothing but what? By prayer and fasting. So it means that adding fasting to prayers make even our prayers more effective. And upon all these things, you have still not seen the hand of God in your life. And that was the situation that believers found themselves in. And, and, and when you read the verse 47, the Bible says that their boat was in the middle of the sea. It was stuck in the middle of the sea. Meaning that from the time Jesus asked them to set off, they were still battling in the middle of the sea. They were struggling. The Bible says that they were even struggling to row their boat because their wind was against them. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what... It's making you unable to even give thanks to the Lord. It may be a lost job. It may be a business that collapsed because of the pandemic. In fact, this year has been a very difficult year. So many jobs have been lost. So many people have died through coronavirus. Many have lost their loved ones. You know, you might be a student who have failed your crucial exams. Maybe your health is deteriorating. You might have received a bad report from the doctor. Maybe in spite of all your offerings and all your support to the kingdom of God, you are still suffering from financial bankruptcy. I don't know the class or the category of problem you find yourself in. But maybe this may be your challenge. This may be your issue. You see, but like the disciples, you are stuck in the middle of the sea. Like the disciple, it looks as if the wind is against you. It's as if things are not moving as as it's expected to move. And because of that, you are not thankful. Because of that, you feel that God has rejected you. Now, the Bible said that the wind was against them. You know? and, and, and when you look at scriptures, you know, wind is, is, is an emblem or a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So, 
So literally, if you take it literally, you may think that the wind is actually representing God who was actually against them. And that is what the enemy always wants believers to believe. That anytime there is challenges, anytime there is difficulties, anytime things are not working as they are supposed to be, it is as if the wind is actually against you. And, and the devil will whisper into your ears that God is against you. Deny this God. You can't be thankful to this God. If this God indeed loves you, upon all the prayers you prayed this year, upon all the fastings you added to your prayers, upon all the life you lived holy for God, you know, a living sanctuary for God, upon all these things, if God is indeed a loving God, why is he against you? So the wind was actually blowing against them. And the wind is so powerful that if you are rowing with your strength and the wind is actually opposing you, there is no way you can move forward. So, so, so sometimes believers think it is God who has disappointed them. Believers, you know, you know, think God have actually not been so fair and so good to them. But tonight, I want to tell you that we serve a God of the fourth watch. He is a God who comes in in the times of difficulty. And, and when you read the book of Jeremiah chapter 12 verse 1, you know, Jeremiah found himself in, in, in this same position. You know, when you read scriptures in the chapter 1, Bible talks about the fact that Jeremiah was actually called by God. And Bible said that even before he was formed in his mother's womb, God knew him. And God had appointed him to do great things in his generation. You know, to pull down, you know, to, to cast down, to throw down, to uproot. So you see, the word of God concerning, concerning Jeremiah was so huge and great. But when he looks at his ministry, he realized that what God has said was not actually materializing. Because at a point in time, his messages were being rejected. Everybody took him for granted. And he felt that even at the point he didn't want to even speak the word of God any longer. At the point in time, he wanted to give up. So he felt not obliged to be thankful to God. And in this scripture, what he was doing was that he was actually questioning God. He was saying to God that, why do you make, you know, I'm just trying to paraphrase the scripture. Why do you make, you know, the unrighteous flourish at the expense of the righteous? You know, he, he kept on mentioning about the evil deeds people were doing, yet they were flourishing. And he looks at his life and he realizes that all that he was hoping for has not come to pass. And all that he had entrusted to God and all that he had received, all the prophecies were not materializing. And then when you read the verse 3, he said that, look at my heart. So he was trying to, you know, just oppose himself to the people of the world. He has lived pure for God. Since his childhood, he had dedicated his life for God. Like a believer who is trusting God, living for God, praying to God day in and day out, looking to God for a testimony. But he realized that, he said that, look at me, search my heart. I have still not seen anything from you. And that was where God was telling him that if you have been worried by footmen, how can you contend against horses? So that is where a lot of believers find themselves in now, in December 6th. As we are, we are gearing up, you know, to, to celebrate Christmas and celebrate Jesus Christ who has been given to us as a gift. You know, people are still not, you know, resolute to give thanks to God. They don't see anything in their lives. But if you are watching me through Facebook, if you are listening to me and you are facing any peculiar challenge like this, I want to give you an assuring word of God that we serve a God of the fourth watch. He is the one who is able to come through when things, you know, seem to have been deteriorated. Now, in the verse 48, you know, and like I was saying, they think God is the one who is against them. When you read scriptures, even the story about the gathering, the man who, the madman who lived in the district of the, 
of gathering. Bible says that when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, he was asleep. And Bible said that, you know, an evil wind, a tempest blew. And Bible said that when Jesus arose, he rebuked the wind. The reason why I see and I can firmly say that indeed it, the wind was not from God was because when you read scriptures, Bible said that he rebuked the wind. It is not of God. Hallelujah. It is not of God. He rebuked the wind. You know, a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. That wind was par- parading itself as God. And that's what the enemy does. God is against you. You don't, you don't have to thank God. You don't have to be happy. You don't have to celebrate God. You don't have to give praise to God. He is not a loving father. Why has he brought all this upon you? But Bible says that he rebuked the wind. I pray that even as we speak about the word of God, if there be any wind of opposition, I pray that the Lord rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And in the verse 48, Bible says that they rode and the wind was against them. And Bible said that at the fourth watch of the night, he showed up and came to them. I pray that may the Lord show up in your life. I pray that every request you have placed before the Lord, everything you are expecting from God, you do not see God in the situation. But tonight, even as we share the word of God, I pray that may the Lord appear. Bible said that when they rode and rode and struggled and they were challenged at the point of giving up, Bible said that at the fourth watch of the night, the Lord appeared to them. You know, when you look at the night, the night is divided into four. We have the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, and then the fourth watch. Now, the the, the first watch is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then the second watch is from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. And then the third watch is from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. Now, the fourth watch of the night is from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. when it is just about sunrise is about to just happen. You know, so when you look at scriptures and look at theologians, what they see about this particular scripture, and you read several commentaries, Bible said that night was drawn when Jesus asked them to get to the sea. So it is believed that they set off to the sea from possibly late in the afternoon or early in the evening around 4 a.m., and as at, as, at, as at 3 a.m., 6 a.m., they were still in the middle of the sea, struggling against the wind. And that is how it may seem that, that, that we have 12 months of the year, and, and for 11 months, you have not seen the goodness of God. We, we, the, the first quarter was not good. The second quarter was not good. The third quarter wasn't good. But I want you to trust in the God who is able to appear even in the last minutes. He is the God of the fourth watch. And he appeared at the last minute. When they were giving up. So don't give up on God. Don't say you will not be thankful to God. But trust God that these few weeks we have for the year to end. He can show up in your life. And give you a testimony. That is the God we serve. He is the God of the fourth watch. Now. So they struggled for about 16 hours. You know. 13 to 16 hours. And I'm, I'm just imagining what they were going through. I'm just imagining the discomfort. They, you know they suffered. On the sea. But he came through for them. So God of the fourth world just means. The God who appears when all hopes are lost. The God who appears when everybody has written you off. The God who appears when, when, when everything seems not to be working. That is the God of the fourth watch. When men have failed. God comes in. And one thing we see is that. He did not just appear to them. He appeared walking on the sea. He appeared with a miracle. I pray that even as we talk about the God of the fourth watch, may the Lord appear with a miracle in your life. I pray that everything that is dead, everything that you are praying for, God should bring a miracle. 
It doesn't matter how things have tarried in this year. It doesn't matter how the situation looks. It doesn't matter how many months, 11 months have elapsed. And we have just a few weeks for the year to end. But God can come through for you. You know, God can come through for you. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says that, he said that a day is just like a thousand years before God. A thousand years is like a day before God. He can turn matters around. So when he appeared, he gave them a salutation. He said that, be of good cheer. So tonight, if you are listening to me, if you, if, if, if you feel dumbfounded, if you feel disappointed in God, if you feel your joy is not, is not complete, like we are talking about joy, you know, if you feel you are not happy, if you feel things are not working, Jesus says, I should tell you, be of good cheer, for he is the God of the fourth watch, and he will come through for you. Indeed, 2020, like I said, has been a very difficult year. A lot of people gave up you know, right from the first quarter of the year, when the pandemic began. All hopes were dashed for so many people. I was trying to review certain quotes of people, you know, for 2020. There were so many funny quotes for 2020. I, I read a quote that says that, it said that, when does season two of 2020 start? I do not like season one. So he likened um, 2020 to be like a movie, like season, season one, season two, and then he's asking, when, when, will, when will season two start? Because I don't like season one. Right from the beginning, you know, things were challenging. Things were difficult. People lost their jobs. People died. Things didn't look right. Many hopes were dashed. People had plans. All came to nothing. Just because of this pandemic and so many things that happened. So people had already given up. People had already given up hope. But tonight I want to tell you, don't give up hope. We serve a God of the fourth watch who appears when things seem to be, have been lost. Somebody also said that, can we uninstall 2020 and install it again? This version has a virus. So, so somebody sees 2020 as, as like a computer you know, program that is corrupted by a virus and, and we have to uninstall and then install a new one. There was somebody, another quote I saw, who someone said, if it was possible to delete 2020 from the years, because nothing seemed to have happened right in 2020. So a lot of hopes have been dashed. A lot of people are challenged. But I want to tell you that we serve a God who is a God of the fourth watch. He is the impossibility specialist. Bible said that with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And he can come through for you. Just trust God and he's going to pull through for you. In Genesis chapter 21, verse 15 to 19, we see a wonderful story about Hagar and Ishmael that makes us see the power of the God of the fourth watch. You know, when Hagar was ridiculing Sarah, and Bible said that they drove Sarah away, Abraham had to give Sarah, um, Hagar um, food and water and all that, and they set off on a journey. And when you read the scripture very well, Bible says that when they got to the wilderness, the water was finished. And, 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 and the child, Ishmael, was dying. And Bible said that he placed Ishmael under a shrub and she sat across her because she didn't want to you know, see her child die. He knew, she knew that all hopes were gone. She knew that there was nothing for them because in the wilderness, there were, there were no houses in the wilderness. There were no people around to help them. And all hopes were dashed. But Bible said that when she sat and she cried and she prayed that, God, don't let me see my child die. Bible said that, God, you know, through an angel appeared to her. And he said that, I have heard your cry. 
And Bible said that even though her bottle was empty, there was no water. The angel pointed to the direction of wells of water unto her. That is the God of the fourth watch. When everything seems not to be working, when all hope seems to be dashed, when the report is not good, our God comes through for us. This evening I'm giving you a word of hope and a word of encouragement from the Lord that it doesn't matter how many, how many months have elapsed, how things are even up to this point in time, he can still come through for you. Bible said that the disciples were marveled at what they saw. I pray that the Lord will cause you to marvel at the testimony in your life. That is the God we serve. So tonight I present to you the God of the fourth watch, who never disappoints his people. And when you read the scriptures very well, Bible says that he saw from afar that they were stuck in the middle of the sea. So it means that the situation you find yourself in, God knows. It is not as if he doesn't know, he knows. And he's coming to you at the right time. Let's hold on to the word of God. And let's trust in the word of God. And every word he has said concerning our lives will definitely come to pass. Tonight, may the Lord of the fourth watch bless us. And may he fulfill his word in our lives. May we enter 2021 with joy and testimonies in our hearts. May the Lord bless us tonight for his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shall we bow our head for a word of prayer? So we give you glory tonight and we thank you for your word. Indeed, you are a God who never forsakes us. And even when we think things are working against us, you are working something great in our lives. Tonight, your word of encouragement has come unto us. That it doesn't matter what we find ourselves in, you will come true for us. We pray in the name of Jesus, presenting each and every soul here, O God, into your hands. That every challenge, every difficulty, every burden will be lifted even in the name of Jesus. We pray that may we go home knowing that our lives have been transformed. And may we be joyous, always giving you thanks for the good things you've done in our lives. We thank you for the hope, even in these times of hopelessness. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If anybody wants prayer, get around. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.